Good morning. Before I have you stand to read just a little part of Hebrews, uh, I want to remind, well, I want to personally invite you to come to that CCA conference. Sandy Adams has been with Calvary Chapel Movement forever, and so he is just a wealth, a well, and he's going to just be sharing some of the basics, some of the things to encourage us. You'll be encouraged, you'll be refreshed. Also, out in the lobby is our citizen stewardship table. We want to educate, equip, and encourage our church to be salt and light in a much-needed culture. So five-plus weeks to midterm elections on November 8th, Tuesday. So there are petitions there for you to look over and decide where you, if you want to sign them or not. The things that are being said today, most recently, are insane. It's insanity what's going on. You have a doctor telling Congress that a man can get pregnant and Planned Parenthood supporting the claim. Then you have a gubernatorial candidate, Stacey Abrams, saying there is no such thing as a six-week fetal heartbeat. It's a manufactured sound. It's not real. So these are the things that are going, it's, in, it's insane. But yesterday in our prayer meeting, we had a, a, a Dale shared this scripture, and I think it was prophetic. He's, in Isaiah chapter 6, this is the chapter in which Isaiah saw the Lord. And the Lord said, who will I send? He said, send me. And then he follows that with these words. He said, go and tell this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of the people dull and their ears heavy. And shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears. And understand with their heart and return and be healed. So the word's going out. We're praying for our nation. We prayed yesterday, just about every Saturday we're praying. We want, again, educate equip and encourage you and myself to be salt and light that Jesus told us we are the light of the world, the salt. So if the salt loses savor, it's good for nothing but to be thrown out. We can be that savor, we can be that light. And my, my burden, and I think many of us here, is the direction that we're going. And my greater underlying all that is what's going on with our little children, those things. So we must, for the sake of our multi-generational desire to see the gospel in our families. We've got to be a voice. And so, again, that table, I, I could spend a lot of time talking about that, but I won't. So, here we go. Hebrews chapter 11. Would you stand? We're entering into the hall of faith. I'm going to read from Hebrews chapter 10. If you have your Bible or you have your device, please open it. The more we can take in of the Word of God through every sense, our senses, the better. Every time we read the Bible, God is speaking to us. It's His Word, alive and powerful. So in Hebrews chapter 10, where we ended last week, verse 38, Hebrews 10, 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition or to waste, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Responsive reading, just three verses. I'll read the first one, you read the second, we'll all read the third. How's that? Here we go. Though this is Habakkuk, the just shall live by faith, he questioned why would God allow these things to happen, and he came to this conclusion. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, 
Though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, all of us together, the Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet and he will make me walk on my high hills. So Lord, we are thankful you are God. We are not. And Lord, we want our faith to be so anchored in who you are and the things that you've done in your faithfulness, your goodness, your mercy, that we are, we're not drawing back to wasting our lives, but those who are pressing on to the believing, believing to the saving of our souls. And we are thankful that in Christ, in, through Jesus, we are saved by grace through faith and that not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We, Lord, we realize, we humble ourselves before you and realize we can't boast of anything except, as Paul said, in Christ and the cross. So we bow before you, Lord. Here's your word. You said, he who has ears, let him hear. Give us ears to hear. I pr- ask the things that I prepared, break them fresh this morning for us to receive the engrafted word which can save our souls. And we are so thankful, Lord. We are humble to think that you would so love the world that you would send your only begotten son, give your only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And so, Lord, please bless this time now in your word. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. So I want to begin by telling you that I'm a little emotional this morning. Go Mariners. It's been 20 years of walking by faith, not by sight. (laughs) Also, please bear with me as the teaching is a little more Greeky this morning. I am not a Greek scholar, so I'm thankful for the volumes of books that are devoted to explaining the meanings and the many nuances of the Greek language from which we get our Bibles, the words and grammars, so we can learn from them, and I'm thankful for them. Now, to help me and you bear along with the Greekiness, I'm also going to add a little geekiness. Is that all right? Here we go. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. This word faith in the Greek means persuasion. It's, it, it, that is credence or moral conviction concerning religious truth or the truthfulness of God or religious teacher, faith, credence, uh, persuasion. It's especially in the Bible, reliance upon Christ for salvation. It has the meaning of an assurance or a guarantee. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. 31 times in the book of Hebrews, 26 in chapter 11. So we're entering into the hall of faith. Every single one of us is exercising faith continually throughout each day. From sitting on those Bertolini chairs to sitting on a Boeing airplane, from holding the steering wheel as you ride in the car to holding the bar as you ride on a roller coaster, from eating at McDonald's to eating your husband's cooking. We exercise faith. Minute by minute, we put our faith in these things without thinking about it. We trust the manufacturer has provided a product that is safe to sit on, to ride in, or to put our mouths, put in our mouths. The irony 
is that we often, without thought or question, put our complete trust in these products, in these people, but when it comes to putting our trust in the God of the universe, in the God who created us, revealed himself to us, when we get to that, we balk many times. We hesitate, we question, we doubt. Now faith, not future faith, not past faith, though encompassing both, but now faith. It's not yesterday faith, it's not tomorrow faith, though it encompasses both. It is now faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, we'll get to this in our next study. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For those who come to God must first believe that he is and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In other words, without faith, there's a necessary personal faith that pleases God. And without that, we can't. Now faith is an ever-present continuing reality for all of life. A living faith in the living God for living life and that more abundantly. Let me say that again. A living faith in the living God for living life and that more abundantly. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Our lives hinge on our faith. By faith, we have in the book of, in this chapter, the testimonies of individuals who put their faith in God and it pleased God. By faith, 18 times in Hebrews chapter 11. It's called the hall of faith for that reason. By faith, 17 individuals. By faith, Abel, Enoch, Noah. And then you get this interesting double name by name in both Abraham and then later in Moses, both of them twice. Abraham, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Abraham. But these others one time, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all names that many of us are familiar with. By faith, the harlot Rahab. The harlot Rahab? Yes, the harlot Rahab. Please, God. And then you have in, in verse 32, and time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets. So he's naming many names that we're familiar with, we've read about. Say, by faith, by faith. How important is faith? Well, let me go over. It's interesting, I didn't know this, but there's 17 that I listed. Let me, let me go. What the scriptures tell us about by faith? By faith... We are saved, we are forgiven of our sins, our hearts are purified, we are justified, we have access to God, we have peace with God, we have eternal life. How many say amen? amen. By faith. By faith we wait, we stand, we walk, we run, and we live. How many would say amen? amen. By faith. By faith we understand. By faith we know. By faith we see. By faith we hear, by faith we speak. So this verse might be translated as following. Faith is the very substance of things we, are, we hope, for, hope for, the irrefutable proof of the invisible transactions. Another one. 
Faith means we are confident of what we hope for, convinced of what we do not see. It's faith. So there are four things I'll give you as an outline if, you, if it helps you. Simple outline. Now, faith is one, the foundation of certainty, the conviction of reality, the demonstration of a testimony. It is the revelation of God. Let me say those again. Foundation of certainty, the conviction of reality, the demonstration of a testimony, and the revelation of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That word substance in the Greek, it means a setting under as support. It's the substance. It's a setting under. It's the support. Figuratively, concretely, it would speak of essence, abstractly, of assurance. So uh, the word confidence. Interesting, in Hebrews 1.3, it says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. That word person is the same word. So the word has the meaning of the real nature of that to which reference is made. He is the very essence of God himself. It contrasts to the outward manifestation. So in very nature, Jesus is God. So it holds the meaning of giving substance to something. In Hebrews 3.14, For we have become partakers of Christ. Behold, the beginning of our same word, confidence, steadfast to the end. So it speaks of a confidence. We might translate it, faith is the confident assurance of things hoped for. Faith is to a Christian what a foundation is to a house. It's the foundation of certainty. It means setting under or standing under. It's the assurance of being sure. Some translate this as the title deed. So faith is the title deed of things hoped for. Signed, sealed, delivered by God. Assurance. Now, it is the negative of or opposite of theory or hypothesis. It's opposite that. We're not talking theory. We're not talking hypothetical. Here's a geeky. I have a new theory on inertia. But it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Should I stop doing the geekies? It's of things, the evidence of things not seen. The, what are those things? They're the eternal things of God. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony, and then in the end of the chapter, all these having obtained a good testimony. So it speaks about something that's happening, the essence of things, the eternal things of God, that produce a testimony. Of things hoped for. What are they? God's promises. God's power. God's guidance. God's deliverance. In an uncertain world, faith is the foundation of certainty. If it is faith in the God of the Bible. If it is the faith in, faith in the God who has spoken. As Hebrews begins the whole book. We put our faith in other things in hopes of finding assurance for the present and certainty for the future. 
But most of those things will never deliver. They don't deliver. The only foundation of certainty is the foundation of faith in God through Jesus Christ. Faith is not wishful thinking. Faith is the foundation of certainty, a certainty in God himself who has revealed himself through his son that we might believe, that we might know, that we might be certain. Now, this is whether I see it presently, understand it intellectually, or experience it immediately. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God fails not. God's mercies are new every morning. Paul, in writing to his beloved son Timothy, in 2 Timothy, wrote this. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to what? The power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, fast, present, future. But has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Can you say that about your own heart and life? I am persuaded. Paul in Romans, as he gets in the book of Romans, chapter 8, he says, I am persuading life, nor death, nor angels of principalities, nor powers, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall separate from the love. He was persuaded. God wants to persuade us. As Paul is telling Timothy, I want to persuade you. I'm persuaded that he's able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. And God will keep our souls for all eternity. He'll keep us through thick and thin. He is with us to do just that. The things hoped for. Romans, Paul writes in the end of chapter 8. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For, what, for, for why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. I know in whom I believed. I'm persuaded he's able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. In the last couple of weeks, I've done three memorials. Graveside. I want to tell you, they're all believers. What a difference that makes. Preach it. Say it. God has promised us eternal life in this life and through all eternity. It's the foundation of the future and the foundation for the future. Unlike James, the writer in Hebrew is not contrasting faith with works. Neither is he describing faith with reference to the past, but with reference to the future. Faith is defined and described in and by the future. 
We're hoping. Now, a hindrance to my faith is longing for the past. Longing for the past. Or be living only in the present. It begins to hinder this thing called faith, this substance, this assurance, this certainty. Faith is described as a foundation of living in the present future tense, literally. Now, some false teachers have defined faith as a force to be wielded according to my every wish and whim. Just name it and claim it, and it's yours. This was a very big thing a few years ago. This blasphemous teaching reduces God to some kind of cosmic bellhop who must act according to my will and my words. This is not faith in God. This is not faith pleasing to God. It's faith in faith, but it's not faith that we're talking about in the Bible. It's a most foolish thing. You want another geeky? What do you call a fake noodle? An impasta. Faith is something of the evidence of things not seen. That word in the Hebrew, we're hearing Greeky now, in the Hebrew means proof, evidence, conviction. It also means reproof. In other words, making very clear what is true and what is not true. It means testing or proving. The thing about all these little Greeky things they establish something so firm a foundation, so firm an assurance for us. He's using these words and describing a faith that is unlike any other. It's faith in God as the Bible teaches it. Jesus said in Matthew 18, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. Same word. Tell him his fault. Tell him what's wrong. Tell him the problem. See, the, this, this whole thing of evidence. 2 Timothy, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's proper for doctrine for, here it is again, reproof, evidence, the word of God. It's this cross-examining of truth. It's the conviction of a reality that is established. It sees what one cannot see, figures out what one cannot understand. And we read of Abraham. He says, who contrary to hope and hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall descend and not being weak in faith. He did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about 100 years old, or the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. 
That's the evidence. That's the conviction. That's the reproof. Faith is a conviction that extends beyond what we can learn from our physical senses. Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen. Abraham went out not knowing where he was going, except that he was going with God. Faith, they all died in faith, not having received the promises. But seeing them afar off were assured of them, embraced them and confessed they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. You see, that is such an essential part of how we live this life. This home is, this earth is not our home. We're strangers and pilgrims. We see things so differently. We see things so clear, so convinced. And anything that's contrary, these truths that we have through, through the gospel and through Jesus revealing himself to us, God himself, we can bring those things to reproof. We can see those things as God sees them. And it establishes this conviction of reality that we dare not let go of. Our culture is pushing back the, the truths, trying to replace them with absolute lies. It's destroying the faith of many believers. Faith is this demonstration of a testimony. By it, the elders obtain, verse 2, a good testimony. That word testimony, Greeky, it's the same word from which we get martyr. It means to be a witness, to bear witness, or to testify, to give evidence, or to bear, bear record to something. It's used 80 times in the New Testament. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says this, to kick into the, the, the application of chapter 11. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us, ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before. The therefore of all of chapter 11 is to see these witnesses, these laid out, and in response to that, lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and run that race. I say, Lord... Amen. Do it. So as we're going through chapter 11, we're going to take it slowly. We're going to just examine these lives. We're going to look at them, that the Holy Spirit might encourage us, might strengthen us again, that we have such a faith. And these people that live their lives as our witnesses, some of them had great victories. Some of them had incredibly torturous lives. But the one thing they had in common was faith in God faith in the gospel, and they lived it out. And I'll tell you, from my heart, I'm, I'm 69, I say, Lord, please, let these latter years be better than the other, all the other ones that went before them. Let my life shine, let my salt salt. And that is a battle, as you know, and I know, to lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And so it's picturing the, the athlete Gets rid of everything, anything that's any of any weight, running just with scarce, the, the scarce things that he needs, his shoes and maybe something around his loins. And he's on task to run it. 
I on the finish line. For some of us here, many of us here, we are in the very latter years of this pilgrimage. And I say to you, as I say to myself, let us lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily ensnares us. What are they? Assess them and lay them aside. And you know and I know, every day we face these temptations. We face these weights. We face these sins. And I'm so thankful for you. Thankful for the church. Not forsaking the sin ourselves together because if I sin willfully. I'm thankful what God has put in my life as those voices to speak to my heart and say, lay it aside. Lay aside those things and run and keep running. The elders include all those whom the writer is writing in Hebrews 11, as well as others. The old ones, take heart. The forefathers, the Old Testament saints whose lives bore testimony to their faith. And as we read, go through Hebrews 11, you're going to realize, how did he get in there? <laughs> really? Yes, really. So what about your life? Does your life bear testimony to your faith? I hope the Holy Spirit is nudging you in your heart this morning. As for me, Abel lived righteously. Enoch pleased God. Many did not receive the promise, but seeing was surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, so great a cloud of martyrs, so great a cloud of those who lived their faith out, far from perfectly, and yet in the end, completely. God is the completer, the finisher of our faith. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, would you say amen, and go for it. It's the revelation of God. By faith, we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And I would say to you this morning, as I've said a million, well, many times, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God said he exalts his word above his name. How important is the Bible? How important is the word? It's everything. It's the spirit of God who works through the word of God to change the people of God. We understand the only time this word we is used is here. We understand. We understand. We have this commonality that through Christ and as being believers, we understand. In this case, the world's regarding, this is regarding from a standpoint of time. The world's. Greek. There are four different words. One is the earth as material, the cosmos, the world as an ordered creation. This other word, I can't pronounce, means the globe as inhabited. The one here is the aeon, the age. We understand that the ages. This is the word used here, refers to what, what is the time worlds. The idea being that the various ages or dispensations were planned by God with reference to a goal toward which all is moving. Wow, it's so fantastic. 
The worlds, the ages were framed by the word of God. God speak them into existence, and God is providentially and sovereignly seeing them to the goal he has for the whole of world, time, and space that he created. It suggests both creation and providence. The ages, the worlds to come, or the worlds that we see, were framed by the word of God. You read your Bible, you begin to see the framing as well as the substance. Faith, now, faith is in the realm of time, the revelation of the eternal God. Now, faith is in the realm of time, the revelation of the eternal God. Now faith is in the realm of the creation, the revelation of the creator God. Now faith is in the realm of the visible. You know where I'm going. It's the revelation of the invisible God. Faith is. Now faith is. Romans, Paul wrote to the Romans, for since the creation of the world, the invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things which are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So there is this revelation of creation through creation that God exists. Then there's the revelation of conscience through which God communicates something is wrong. The ultimate and final revelation of the eternal creator, invisible God is Jesus Christ himself. Christ. Creation Conscience, Christ, for us to know God. The author of this epistle was 2,000 years ahead of his time because we now know that everything exists material, everything that exists material is made of atoms, which we cannot see, or at least we couldn't see. In 1955, a guy named Erwin Muller through an electronic microscope saw an atom. But you still can't see the energy of that atom. You, you can see the effects, but you can't see the energy. So do you know why you can't trust atoms? They make up everything. <laughs> Bottom line, the visible universe is not sufficient to account for itself. It is not the world in, is God's world. And faith understands that God originated it. And that God steers it to his destined end. Aren't you thankful for that? Now, faith is the revelation of God. It's not speculation. It's not theory. It's not hypothesis. We're framed by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In Psalm 19, I don't know if you've read that recently, fantastic psalm. The first six verses, he talks about the glory of creator God. And then he turns the corner and starts to talk about covenant God. And in Psalm 19, verse 7, he says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testament of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. 
The statutory right, rejoicing the heart. The commands, of the Lord are pure, are pure. The command of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judge of the Lord is true and righteous altogether. More to be desired today than gold and much fine gold, yea, sweeter than honey in the honeycomb. More by them your servant is warned. And in keeping them there is what? Great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me, Lord, please, from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless, and I shall be innocent of, the great, of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, here it is. O Lord, covenant God. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. It's the revelation of God. Creator God, covenant God. Faith is the eye that sees God. Therefore, faith does not see less Faith sees more because faith sees God. But infinitely more than that, faith is the heart that knows God. Therefore, faith does not know less. Faith knows beyond. It's incredible. That God would have set it up like this. And allow us to know him. To know beyond what we see. To know beyond what we feel. To know beyond what, what is happening. Faith knows the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. You see, faith sees and knows through the windows of time and space. And God has done that for us. It's the revelation of the person and the power of God. It's the revelation of the nearness and goodness of creator and covenant God. Faith is the revelation of God. So in 2 Corinthians, we walk by faith and not by sight. The temptation is to live by sight, not by faith, and forget, or worse yet, forsake the Lord. In 2 Corinthians, Paul wrote to them, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working a far more and exceeding, a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. He compares these things, light, weighty. While we do not look at the things which are seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We see, we know the eternal God. And so we need to be deeply persuaded that faith is not only a hope in certain promises, but an unceasing spiritual intercourse with the eternal, invisible creator and covenant God. Just as in breathing our lungs or in seeing our eyes, hold themselves open to receive unceasingly from the air or the light, so now for the believer, faith is the unceasing, reaching out heavenward of that spiritual sense to which things future and unseen reveal themselves as near and present, as living and powerful. 
The eternal creator and invisible God became visible in the person of the Son of God and tabernacled among us. He became fully human, took on flesh and blood, and died on a cross for us. He became visible again after rising from the dead, having conquered death for us. He was seen ascending into heaven where he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, as we've been looking at in Hebrews, and will very soon be visible again, and every eye will see him as we see him now. He will become visible again as King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus now is and will forever be our testimony. So let me close with these words again Paul wrote to Timothy. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Paul's giving his testimony to Timothy again, as he did many times. He said, this is what happened. This is my testimony. This is who Jesus is and what he did for me. And we need to read these and many other things in Scripture and take them and say, that's mine. That's me. The grace of God was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. And then he said, this is a faithful saying. And worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. <laughs> How many of you have been able to say that? You realize the depth of your depravity. You say, I'm chief. However, for this reason, I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. However, for this reason, I obtained mercy. That is... In me first, Christ Jesus might show all long suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him forever. So Paul's saying, if God can save me, he can save you. If God did this for me, he can do it for you, and he will. Now to the king, immortal, eternal, immortal, invisible. To God, who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever everyone said amen. Can I have the worship team come out as we sing, as we worship Lord and the Lord in closing this message. Lord, we stand in your presence. Would you stand with me? We stand in your presence. The eternal, infinite God. And it's right that we should worship you. It's right, Lord, that we should give you all the honor, all the glory. All the power, all the dominion is yours. So I pray right now that you, myself, just let us worship him who is worthy of every tidbit of faith we have. And as we worship him, may he envelop again our minds and hearts with this, this truth. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. That things which are seen are made of things that not seen. Lord, we worship you. Go ahead. What? He